Hello and welcome to this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. I'm Lav. He's Rex. We are live in our Augusta National rental house. And Rex, as predicted on the podcast on Thursday, we did not yet complete the second round of the Masters. Play was called on Friday afternoon uh, with a nasty little squall coming through. Actually toppled three trees in what was a uh, bizarre and scary sight. I can't believe that no one got injured when those three tall pines uh, fell over on the 17th tee, fortunately. Uh, no one was injured during that accident. But look, this is where we stand uh, about halfway through the second round. Brooks Kepka with a three-shot lead, rounds of 65-67. Right now is a three-shot lead on John Rahm, who is currently playing the 10th hole. Amateur Sam Bennett. Yes, that's Sam Bennett, who I've been promoting endlessly on social media with the feature that ran on GolfShow.com. Yes, you have. As well as on TV, on live from his in the house at eight under par, in the clubhouse. Uh, right now in solo third position. What are your thoughts? We're recording this about 7 o'clock Eastern time on Friday night. The rain is falling. The temperatures uh, dove about 25 degrees. What are you thinking? It's the temperature that drove 25 degrees. And the idea that those guys have to go back out tomorrow morning. We were were talking about it on the ride home from the golf course. Tiger Woods has got to walk to the 12th tee, which isn't easy to begin with. We've all either stood on that 12th tee or thought about standing on that 12th tee. And it's going to be, I don't know, when play starts again tomorrow morning on Saturday at 8 a.m., I'm guessing somewhere around 40-ish, maybe a wind chill right around there. I mean, it's going to be freezing cold. It's probably going to be raining. It's not going to be an easy shot. And all of those guys who had to go back are going to face the same conditions wherever they were on the golf course. So it's going to be a challenge. I I guess the part that I walked away from is Brooks is dominant again. And we talked about it. Like, this is... The major monster that we're used to seeing before he got hurt, before he went to live golf, before he sort of slipped off into the competitive ether. This is the guy that, you know, made him who he was. This is the guy that didn't care about the other 48 weeks out of the year. It was the four weeks that the major championships were played that he always wanted to focus on. It looked like for a moment that he could run away with this. I mean, Jay Day got it to nine under late in his round, but then threw up a double bogey and a couple of bogeys and ended up falling back. And it looked like this is going to be a commanding halfway lead for Brooks Kepka. It seems like me, John Rahm's probably going to have something to say about that, but it's Brooks in full flight. I mean, this is one of the biggest, best breaks that I can remember in recent major championship history. The fact mm-hmm. that Brooks Kepka is kicking back and might not hit a competitive golf shot on Saturday. It is very much TBD whether they're even going to play on Saturday. They're expecting somewhere from an inch and a half uh, to two inches of rain. Temperatures aren't expected to creep out of the 50s. Wind gusts of 25 miles an hour. Augusta National obviously has, famously has that sub-air system to suck all the moisture out of the ground. But if you have two inches of rain, uh, quite frankly, there's not a whole lot they can do about it. If that's the case, and Brooks Kepka is sitting pretty at 12 under par, John Rahm at 9 under par right now, and is going to be playing in much more difficult conditions, whether it's Saturday or Sunday morning for the resumption of his second round. Sunday's not supposed to be a walk in the park either. It's supposed to have 20-mile-an-hour gusts uh, and temperatures somewhere in the 50s or lower 60s. When it comes to Brooks Kepka, I, I mean, I'm amazed at the transformation that we have seen over the past year. He t- actually told a pretty interesting anecdote that a year ago at the Masters, he was so frustrated. He was, he was, he was I, I think it was one of the low points of his dispiriting decline. He was in the caddy parking lot, and he tried to punch out the rear window of his Mercedes SUV courtesy car. He tried not once, but twice. 
and was unable to do so. And he went back home to South Florida with his pride hurt, with his hand probably hurting as well. It just kind of shows you the position that he was in. It was the second consecutive miscut at the Masters. He was going at it alone without uh, swing coach Claude Harmon III. He was really frustrated by where his broken body was. He wasn't – he feel like he wasn't experiencing the progress that he had hoped with his rebuilt knee. And to flash forward a, a year, like it, it looks like nothing has happened. And obviously, we know that everything has changed. Brooks's body has changed. Brooks's swing has changed. His allegiances and the tour that he plays on has changed. But when it comes to Brooks Kepka, like major Terminator again, like I can't believe – I can't believe we're back here. It's been two years, and I can't believe we're back here again. And we have a long two days to see how this plays out. Like, I, I don't know that I'm willing to, you know, coronate him, that major monster, again. But the part that gets me is if you go down the leaderboard, and like you pointed out Sam Bennett, and that's an unbelievable story, but you got Brooks and you got John Rahm. Probably if we were making picks at the beginning of the week, that's one of those best-case scenarios. For no other reason than two top players and you're bringing the chaos because you're bringing the PGA Tour and the Live Golf Tour head-to-head at a major championship, which, let's face it, it's, it's what kind of the fans want. But after that, I mean, it's a who's who. If you told me that it was going to be Brooks and John Rahm and then Morikawa, Hovland, Jason Day, Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, Phil Mickelson's in the top ten. The only problem is those guys, Phil, for example, he's eight strokes back. So I, I just don't know. Zero chance. As we – Zero chance. Zero chance. I mean, Phil Mickelson contending at this I would Masters. agree with you, but it, that seems premature. I mean, I, again, I, I would agree with you, but he's also one of those guys that's finished up his two rounds. He's 71-69. He's sitting at home on the couch. He gets to kind of prop his feet up, and a lot of those guys in that top ten that I just named are the few that aren't. Cameron Young still has to finish his round. Victor Hovland still has to finish his round, and John Rahm. So they will have to sort of bring this to the house. But again – if we were sitting down at the beginning of the week coming up with best-case scenarios, I guess Rory, Patrick Reed would have been in the conversation just because of the chaos of it all. But this is about as good as it gets. Oh, I mean, uh, having those burly boys, Brooks Kepka and John Rahm go head-to-head. Whether it's burly a, boys. I mean, it could be a 36-hole finale on Sunday. They might have to spill over into Monday. I believe it would be the first Monday finish at the Masters since 1983. It's also my 36th birthday. But that's neither here nor there. Seeing those two wedding battles would be... Thanks. Would wedding be, anniversary. <laughs> love you, bunk mate. Uh, it would be absolutely incredible. And I... It, John John Rahm had birdied his last two holes before the horn sounded for good to signal the suspension of play on Friday. I think those two, uh, John Rahm clearly at the height of his powers, playing the best golf of his career. Brooks Kepka, uh, resurgent. That's about as good as you could possibly get uh, for storylines this weekend, weather permitting, of course. I'm going to do the cliched sports radio thing here. And which one of these two things surprised you the most? Phil Mickelson, as I just said, inside the top 10 at the Masters after, I mean, let's face it, it's been a lackluster two years, at least a year, right, since he joined Live Golf. Does that surprise you more or the fact that Roy McIlroy completely imploded today and missed the cut? The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. I mean, that, Brooke, I mean not the sports Phil, radio way, but all right. Phil, Phil Mickelson's victory at Kiowa at the 2021 PGA is like one of the all-time flukes. He has not done virtually anything on the golf course of note for the past four years, with the very notable exception of winning the PGA Championship. It wasn't like a narrow victory either. Like that, was a, that was a resounding victory. In fact, he stared mm-hmm. down Brooks Kepka, uh, who, as, we, as it turned out, was two months removed uh, from shattering and dislocating his kneecap 
stared at him head-to-head. Brooks Koepka, Terminator of the Majors, stared at him head-to-head, and 51 years old, won a major championship. It's like an incredible walk-off to his career. Obviously, we know kind of the legacy altering decisions that he has made since then. But Phil Mickelson has done nothing of note uh, at the major championship since then. He has done nothing of note even on the 48-man live field. So, yes, that is surprising. I would, of course, caution that it's two rounds of golf. Uh, and then let's see. I, and, I, and I would also argue that was Fair. just about the most Fair. benign conditions you can possibly play Augusta National. Let's see how, if Phil Mickelson has complete control of his golf ball uh, when the fans turn up to 25 to 20 to 25 miles per hour. You mentioned Rory McIlroy. You didn't even, I, we probably should start the show with this. 77 in the second round. I, 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 think, I think both of us predicted he would bounce back in a big way. Uh, he, he shot even par, 72 in the opening round, fifth consecutive year uh, without breaking par at the Masters to begin the tournament, imploded, thinking he would shoot 67 today to thrust himself back in the tournament. He shoots 77. He made seven bogeys, including bogeys on two of his last three holes. Uh, it is not official. He has not officially missed the cut. Right now, uh, he's in the house at five over par, currently in a tie for 61st, top 50 in ties, of course, uh, play the weekend. Uh, but it is highly unlikely uh, to say the least, that he'll be well, able to it's going to be difficult. So, you're right, Thing, things could go backwards. I guess that's being fair. You're right, it could go backwards. That, that seems highly unlikely. And I, I do want to clean this up from last night's podcast because I did have a chance to think about it. This is, and I'll, I will grant you arguably, the most important round of Roy McElroy's year. I think that's a, probably a better way of saying it. I probably exaggerated it last night. And for all the reasons I said last night, though, I mean, because if you look at what he was doing Thursday, we all know what his record is just getting out of the gates at Augusta National. If he is going to have any chance at all, he's going to have to shoot something under par. We've seen this time and time again. And when he stumbled on day one, I think I was surprised. When he did what he did today, as you pointed out, I was shocked. because I mean, he crashed. It was was easy. It was playing easy. There's no win. Nine conditions. and, And again, this goes back to what we saw, what we thought we knew coming into this, that he had complete control of his game, that this was not a physical conversation at all, that from the swing perspective and the putting perspective and short game, that he had everything in place. It was chef's kiss. He was going to do this. The only thing that was going to hold him back is mentally. And I keep coming back to that. Like there is nothing that he did over the last two days that has anything to do with his ability to swing the golf clubs or his ability to putt. It has everything to do with what this is to him. And it's, it's a, such a huge mental hurdle. That's obvious now. I mean, this is just such a baffling setback to me. If you, if you think in the, in the broader context of the way that Roy McIlroy played the major championships last year, top tens uh, in all four, including runner-up finish at Augusta National, he thought that final round 64 in which he was bogey-free holdout uh, from the greenside bunker on the 72nd hole. He called it cathartic. He called it a breakthrough. Uh, he thought uh, they'd really turn the corner with his relationship with Augusta National, proving to himself that he could do it. And in the final three major championships of the year, he shot 67 or better in the opening round. It seemed like he had, to use your phrase, kind of uh, overcome those obstacles. He'd cleared that hurdle that was clearly more mental than physical. And as we pointed out, uh, in the podcast earlier this week, like he won the press conference on Tuesday. He said all the right things. He made the analogy about how if he's baking a pie, like he has all the ingredients to make a really delicious pie. All, it, all, all that matters is just, you know, turning the temperature, uh, turning the oven to the right temperature and letting that puppy bake. Clearly he scorched the hell out of it. I mean, the thing was absolutely on fire. Smoke alarms are going off. 
Uh, or it's, undercooked. It's, it's, it's even it's worse gr- if it's un- undercooked. I mean, it's, it's gonna it's gonna inside. smell it's gonna smell in the house for 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 weeks now, if not months. Hopefully, it does not linger into the PGA Championship, which is a month away. But you can't be sure. Like to me, this is it, it makes you question. It makes you question everything. Like, is he is he not as sharp as we thought that he was uh, at the match no, play? I don't believe that. You, you know, is there some sort of mental setback? Did Bob did Doctor Bob Rutella not strike the right tone? earlier this week, or is it just like an Augusta national thing? We kind of shrug it off uh, and look forward to Oak Hill where as a, as, as now a, a native Rochesterian, uh, he should be one of the favorites there as well. I'll go back to what you just said. What do you think Bob Rotella said to him? Cause I don't know. And, and someone, look, not, someone told him that oven, that oven pie analogy. It's, oh, I you mean, think that was a, that was a Dr. Bob uh, analogy. You think he, as soon as he said it, I said, mm, probably pie. Maybe, maybe. And I don't know, look, I, I don't pretend, I mean, Dr. Bob is a legend and I don't pretend to know his job, but man, like when, when he gets done and let's say Roy does miss the cut as we feel like you do. I mean, I think Dr. Bob's got to be the one that goes and looks himself in the mirror. Like, I, I have no idea what I did there. Like that, that did not play out well. At all, because he had it all. I, I will keep going back to the idea that physically watching him at the match play, that looked like the Rory that won the PGA at Kiowa, where he was hitting the driver on a rope. He was putting lights out. I mean, it was just a phenomenal performance. He didn't win, but that's sort of the vagaries of match play. I sort of wrote that off to. There is no way that I could have seen this coming. I could have seen, and, and I picked Scotty, so I didn't pick Rory to win. I could have seen him finishing middle of the pack. Again, getting off to a poor start and then doing what he normally does on the weekend, which is play well and maybe get that backdoor top 10, maybe even another backdoor runner-up finish. I didn't see this, man. I just didn't see it. I mean, maybe it's just a bad two days. I mean, he was clearly untidy in every aspect of his game. Didn't drive it well. Uh, His iron play was particularly shoddy. He hit only uh, nine greens in regulation in the second round. Wasn't making any putts. He lost almost two strokes to the field around the greens on Thursday. Like it, it just, it just was not uh, a great uh, 36 holes of golf for Roy McIlroy. Maybe just chalk it up to that. Like, I don't think this is necessarily um, uh, uh, an indication of how he's going to play the rest of the major championships this year. But, but obviously like we were asked on live from earlier this week, like the longer the Roy McIlroy goes, without getting the career get grand slam, does it get easier or does it get harder? Like it, it does not get, get easier. easier. The The amount of scar tissue that's accumulating the, the setbacks that he has now endured uh, mental, physical, like it's, there's been a lot of players in the game's long history in which you said, Oh, this guy's tailor made for Augusta national. He has to win a master tiger woods earlier this week on Tuesday quote. It definitely will happen. Butch Harmon told me under the tree just two days ago, like he's going to win the Masters. And Butch Harmon doesn't do that, not even with players he works with, and he doesn't work with Rory. I mean, that's how much confidence it he will has in him. definitely happen, said Tiger mm-hmm. Woods. Uh, and if it does, if it does happen now, he would be historically resilient. No player has ever needed this many attempts to complete the career Grand Slam. Now, before we get out of here, I, I just want to say two things. One, uh, we, we catch a lot of heat. You guys don't see behind the scenes, obviously, during live from. But when we do the early live from with Steve Sands, it, there's a lot of back and forth with him about the podcast because he thinks it's funny. He thinks it's snarky. I think he should come on the pod, podcast, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. But but I would, I would encourage everybody to reach out to him and tell him that he really needs to join us on the podcast. Number one, number two, how would they, how would they reach out to him? He doesn't have social media. He doesn't, he doesn't have Twitter. I don't even uh, think he has like an email if, address. 
I mean, if only we could, if I, I mean, I would never give out his email account, but you, you know, it would be something com. Sure, sure. Or, or you know, rhoggard at golfchannel.com. I mean, that seems to be what we do. So, I mean, I wouldn't give Steve's out, but that's mine in case you guys want to email me in <laughs> yeah. case you want. But it's just, it would be rhoggard at golfchannel.com or, you know, rlavner at golfchannel.com. Whatever. I mean, you guys do what you want to do, but I, I don't want to give his email address out. That wouldn't be cool. But he did bring up a really good point this morning, and you mentioned Sam Bennett. Please, please, please go to golfchannel.com. Check out Lavner's story. It is heart breaking it's heart-wrenching it's very well written it's very well told is there anything else well tell just real quick tell everyone what they need to know about sam bennett okay the brief synopsis is that and don't cry doing it because you have gotten in the habit of crying when you do that that's okay i'm very in touch with my emotions when sam bennett's father was 45 he was diagnosed with early onset alzheimer's that is an exceedingly early age to be diagnosed Uh, with what is an incurable disease, a fraction of 1%. And his trials, his tribulations, his eight-year slide uh, mentally and physically declining, uh, obviously through a huge wrench uh, in his family's plans. And it it coincided with um, some trials and tribulations for Sam Bennett. Um, He uh, battled some inner demons while somehow playing the best golf of his career. And the whole... uh, point of the feature is this tattoo that is uh, on his left form. Don't wait to do something. It is what his dying father told him. Last thing he was able to verbalize to him, he has it tattooed uh, on his left form. And so it's a reminder to him to, to, to be bold, uh, to go for it, uh, to don't be afraid. And that has kind of um, underscored Sam Bennett's rise over the past couple of years from U.S. Amateur Champ to now uh, in a historic position here at this Masters in third place, midway through the second round. Uh, if that holds, he'd be the first player in 65 years to be inside the top two through, through 36 holes at the Masters. So I encourage you guys to check that out. I'm sure with the weather that is forecasted at Augusta National on Saturday, that fe- the TV feature is about nine and a half minutes long. Uh, his, his mom, Stacy, is an absolute rock star. I'm sure that will uh, run several times. Golf, the... Uh, written feature on golfchannel.com is still running as well. Real, real quick, just buttoning up some quick things. Scotty Scheffler, utterly shocked that he shot 75 here in the second round at the Masters. He is literally last in the field in putting. That is no bueno. Jordan Spieth sitting seven shots behind at the moment. Do you feel a Spiethian charge over this wet and soggy weekend? Uh, from either Scotty or Jordan, yeah, I guess you you can from, no, imagine from, it. From Spieth in particular, I think Scotty unfortunately shot himself out of the tournament. He's ten shots back at the halfway point. That's tough. I was taken by something that Rory said yesterday, and I guess I hadn't really put much thought into it. That if you're you're running, you're chasing from behind, which everyone's going to be doing with Brooks going in to the weekend. You want the harder conditions. If it's easy, everyone can play well. So you want the harder conditions. So they're going to get that. Jordan and anyone else that wants to make up ground is going to get the tougher conditions. And if they play well, if you shoot 66, you're going to make up a lot of ground. You still got to do it. And, man, those are going to be hard to come by on the weekend. This podcast checks in at about 20 minutes long. If they do not hit a single shot on Saturday at the Masters, I can assure you it will be even shorter than that. We have some good stuff uh, (laughs) on GolfChannel.com right now. Rex, you have an update on the PJ Tour versus Live Case. Real quick, what does that entail? 
Uh, judge ruled today it actually uh, vacated the original trial date. So the original trial date was January 2024, which seems like a long ways away. But keep in mind, that was an expedite, expedited trial date because um, the argument was in the antitrust case that these players need to have a trial as quickly as possible to get this resolved. It, she vacated it essentially because of it, this is going to go to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And this could take years, years, and it could end up in the U.S. Supreme Court. So we're, we're no closer to resolution now, but that the news today was that they vacated the trial date. Very interesting. If Live Golf will even be around for when this goes to trial. You have that story up on GolfChannel.com. I've got a column on Brooks Kepka. Our colleague, Brendan Romine, elbowed me out for a Sam Bennett column on Friday here at the Masters. So plenty of stuff to keep you busy. Make sure you check out me and Rex on Live from the Masters Saturday morning on Golf Channel. That's going to do it for this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lab. We'll be back on Saturday evening, hopefully, with some golf having been played.